chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Whoa. Amber is the color of your energy. Whoa. 311, Danny. It's episode 311. So, I mean, it's the only chance I'll ever get to sing 311 on the show. Oh, so, God. I'm just going to open hate, things I like hate, that for this I week. I hate 311, but I'll allow it, Alex. You hate 311? Wow. A rift has been drawn between us in the uh, right at the beginning of the show. You maybe think you're listening to like a Brickhouse Pod uh, crossover for me to start with music, but. Uh, like I said, we have no uh, other chance to do. I just don't like. I just don't like that their songs input. all sound the same. Like that, their their flow. What like most ska? <laughs> but they're not ska. Like most of that kind they're of music, ska. aren't they kind of no, ska? They're definitely like, not they're kind ska. of like ska adjacent. They're like the break off from there. No, aren't they? No, yeah. there's no Whatever. like trumpets or horns. They don't use their. I thought ska was like. Uh, isn't ska like the? No, ska is like drums, trumpets, like beach horns. stoner music, kind of reggae influenced. Or am I just embarrassing myself you are, here? You are definitely just embarrassing All yourself right. right now. I mean, to be fair, I already got that out of the way by singing three eleven. Exactly, to start the that show. was also I mean, embarrassing. I was yeah. gonna say, I mean, you so, have a great you know, voice, Alex, but that was embarrassing because it was three eleven. But I'll allow it because it's episode three eleven. Well, thank you. All I heard there was you have a great voice. Uh, so, yeah, we're you moving do have on. A great voice. I've, I've reached my embarrassment quota for the day. We're on episode 311. Uh, Javier is here with me. How are you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Just kind of counting down the days till the season starts. It's, it's creeping up now. It's only, uh, I think, two weeks away. Two weeks away before the season starts, yeah, which is pretty, pretty much awesome. a month left in the transfer window. And, you know, things We've got are some preseason London the, derbies coming the, the up. The thing about the we play you guys on the thing Sunday. About August, yeah, we do. That that'll, that'll be fun. Um, but on usually right around the the first of August, second of August, you're going to see a lot of transfers come in. A lot of transfers we made official, ones that we may have known that are like were going to happen, and you know teams start panicking. So you're going to see way more activity in these next couple of weeks. Um, as teams now are more desperate and can't, you know, keep lowballing teams. So these next couple of weeks, I'm sure we're going to see just as many transfers as we've seen for the rest of the window all the time um, in these next few weeks. So watch out for that. We'll uh, we'll definitely keep everyone updated, and we got some good ones here too. Yeah, I mean, a few more have trickled in uh, since last week when we did basically like a roundup of since the beginning of the transfer window. So like a month's worth of transfers, but we've got enough here in a week to talk about, especially in the Premier League, because. Man United probably made the second biggest signing of the window. You know, they already made the biggest signing of the window getting Sancho. But I think it's fair to say that signing Rafael Varane from Real Madrid, we all talked about how they need a, a, another it's good a, center back, someone world-class yeah, to partner it's a, Maguire. It's a statement. I, I, uh, For sure. This is, uh, 
I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now has signed a, a three-year extension, which, you know, this that means Manchester United are absolutely going to be sticking with him for the next, you know, two, three years. And I wasn't convinced that, you know, last year thinking of him as a, a manager that would convince the, the caliber of player that Manchester United needed to get back into the title race. But I think players like Jadon Sancho and Rafael Varane are players that are the caliber that are going to put you in into contention you know they're especially Varane I think is is an even bigger signing than Sancho because Manchester United has a lot of attacking talents already that's undeniable the 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 amount of talent but defensively they really needed a signing like this and you know I don't he hasn't quite hit the heights that he did um winning you know three Champions Leaguers or three or four Four, Four Champions Leagues, yeah, in the last, you know, uh, but he's only 28 years old right now, so that's pretty incredible. Um, you know, how much motivation, how much of, of these moves Sancho, Varane are made for money, because I'm sure they're getting huge contracts, way more money than they would have gotten anywhere else. How much of it is like, I really want to go win titles with this team? I'm sure they do, but, you know, uh, for. Do you think? Do you think that most of that thinking though is based off of, let's just say, the majority of Manchester United's like big transfers the last couple of years? I mean, Alexis Sanchez isn't that too far uh, gone. That was a couple of years ago. Romelu Lukaku, kind of. I mean, he played well for probably a season, and then they just all sort of gave up on him, and he moved on and went and did great things elsewhere. United, United likes I mean, the, the there are they other like ones the fla- I'm not yeah they like the they like the flashy signings. I mean, even going back to like Falcao, Di Maria, like it's just they like signing players that are big names. Um, even when when Memphis Depay was yeah, younger, th- he was. This seems different. It, it yeah it it it. I was gonna say this does seem a little bit different in the sense that like Rafael Varane, you know, still has. It looks like still many, many years, you know, he could be a, a great center rack for six, seven, eight more years. Who knows? Um, he has had a few injury issues in the last couple of years. But, yeah, it seems like a great pairing for Maguire. Um, and Maguire already, you know, g- gets in there, dictates play. He's, he's, he's already the captain of the team. So having, you know, he'll be able to integrate Varane into the team, I'm sure, fairly quickly. And... Yeah, I, I I think I think it's the type of signing that makes you think that United are probably a lock for top four, um, and we'll be in I it. Think they kind of were, and anyway. we'll be in it for the, like the title conversation, you know. So the top four seems more, let's just say, locked, quote locked this year than it has for the last couple of years. I agree. Yeah, I think it's kind of. But but then again, something like the Van Dyke injury could happen to any team, or you know, anything can happen, and all of a sudden. You've got another situation where teams like West Ham and you know Leicester are once again back back in the hunt, or maybe even someone else like Arsenal or Tottenham. So uh, the the Varane Maguire partnership it really makes a lot of sense. The, the the skeptic in me, like and the Chelsea fan in me, tries to rationalize like, oh, it makes too much sense. Like we can't just assume they're just going to automatically mesh like right away. Uh, but Varane is so experienced and he's so classy. Like he's a well-rounded center back. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put him in the, the, the class of center back. That's like British fans. We try to categorize as like a, a lightweight continental flair sort of center back. Like, uh, he's going to get pushed around in the premier league. You can't really make those assumptions of him because he's been at the highest level for so long 
won pretty much everything except like I guess Europa League or something. World Cup as of late formed a great partnership with MTT, who's kind of kind of a similar mold of center back as Maguire. You know, more like physically dominating center backs, but they still have a good touch about them. And Varane's just a really good reader of the game, and he's got like enough pace and experience at this point to be a huge asset to them. And you know, we, we've already talked about how good Aaron Mambasaka at right back and Luke Shaw at left back have been. So now it's just up for them to sort out this final midfield spot. It feels well, like, and, and, and their then goalkeeper pick they between don't, they, yeah, De Gea they don't know, and, and they don't know if De Gea yeah, or Henderson. Henderson. Right? I mean, it looks like it's going to be Henderson. Maybe Tom Heaton gets in there. You see Tom Heaton's back at United. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think that he's. I think he's there in there to be the, a backup. Um, and I'm sure won't. came out of the the academy there. Yeah. Um, Loves the club. Huge club man. But yeah, I think for United, it's a, it's a, it's a statement of intent and. I'm sure you're going to see other teams respond seeing, you know, Sancho Varane sign. They're going to say, OK, well, we're going to need someone like there's no way now Chelsea and, and, and Liverpool are going to stay quiet like they have been for so far this window. Well, well, let, let's use this opportunity to talk about that, because I think there's a couple of rumors going around about you just mentioned Chelsea and then also Manchester City. And we'll get to those a little bit later. But for the most part, the other like the rest of the top four. Haven't really, you know, cracked on really. Liverpool haven't really, haven't, they haven't made a like a big signing other than Konate that we kind of knew was already going to happen before last season ended. And then Manchester City, they're rumored with a couple of players, most notably Grealish and Harry Kane. But you haven't really felt super confident that either of those are going to happen yet. So, are you worried for any of those teams? Like, are you worried for Chelsea? And like, what what does worry really mean? Like, no, are I think these teams I think fine the way I think they are. these next two weeks, we're going to see all of those teams make at least one big money signing. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that we should worry yet, especially because we've seen teams. Um, this is a Premier League, like a regular Premier League season again, where the transfer is going to be open for two weeks while the season's going on. And sometimes teams just leave it to that late to see, okay, what holes do I need? You know, once I have all my team here, they're going to play the first couple of games, see how they go. And if they go horribly, they will they might panic by four or five signings in those last two weeks. And it, there's just so much left to happen. I don't think, I don't think it's... Who, who would you be most worried for if they continued to not do business? And why is it Liverpool? Because that's who it is for me. But. I... I if you disagree, then go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I mean, I think Liverpool still have a... Uh, I mean, they they need to replace Wijnaldum, right? Like, that's the, the one player that yeah. you... But And I and know, I think I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to go out and sign f- some 50, 60 million pound midfielder. You, you know that this team isn't just going to go on and not respond um, or lo- losing a player of that caliber. So I wouldn't worry if I'm a Liverpool fan. They have, they have money. They've sold players... Um, they've sold like you know. They didn't sell uh, Wijnaldum. He left. No, on free. but they've sold players like you know Harry Harry, Harry, Harry Wilson, Brewster. Yeah, they got fifteen million, yeah. I think, for each of those two. You know, twenty-five million for Brewster. Yeah, so they they, they got oh. yeah they've gotten. Oh well, Brewster was last. Yeah, year. but I'm saying they've sold players like that, and they haven't spent that money. They also won the Champions League and haven't spent any of the money since then. So I know that they resigned a lot of their players to long-term deals and stuff like that. Um, you know, but they have they have. Didn't they buy they have uh, Thiago Alcantara and Jota last summer? Yes. Okay. So I guess it- and Kabak. Like they're not not spending money. They're just not, you know, Chelsea or City right now. Yeah, but I think I don't think I don't think I'm I'm worried if I'm Liverpool. I think I'm more worried right now if, hmm. you know, I'm a team like Tottenham or or 
Arsenal um, or even teams that, you know, like West Ham or Everton that still had aspirations for maybe making top four, um, seeing teams making signings like this, like Varane, like Sancho, teams that like United that you thought maybe you could sneak into the spot behind them. It's, it's pretty demoralizing for teams like that, right? Like they're going to have to make a lot of signings yeah. to try to catch up to, to teams. So, But you mentioned Tottenham. And they've probably been, I mean, they have been the most active team in the last week since we last recorded. Uh, They've brought in two new players. I think they're rumored for uh, a third and they've shipped out two players. Uh, The two they brought in, Brian Hill, uh, or spelt G-I-L, Gil, but I believe it's pronounced Hill. Um, He's a winger from Sevilla that they uh, spent $27 million on and they just gave them Eric Lamella. Uh, so well, that I, I that must about, have been a big positive in that signing to get rid of Lamelo there because I believe he was toxic and dog shit. So for him to to leave is huge. It's like you're just happy he's not going to score any more Rabonas on I, you. I am happy with that. I'm very happy. He's okay. So Brian Hill, he's I don't only know twenty. About him, yeah. He it's a lot of money. He's usually a left winger, but can also play on the right. He spent uh, last season, uh, or a chunk of last season, the second half, on loan at uh, Ibar in La Liga. And let's just say, like, the statistical output isn't insane. Like, he, I think he had, like, three or four goals last season in uh, La Liga, maybe a couple of assists. Not really any numbers that, like, jump off the page at you. But he's considered, like, one of the best, you know, wing players, young wing players coming out of Spain, which I guess is pretty good company for a player like him when you've got others like Ferran Torres. And he's not done anything close to a player like that. But I I think he's just one of those ones that people have a good feeling about. And, you know, when you watch him, you see his talent. I I can't honestly put any sort of, you know, backing behind him other than for the fact he's a Tottenham player because I haven't really watched him. He didn't play for Sevilla in any of the games that Chelsea played against them last year in the Champions League. And um. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything to I, I think deserve this uh, this transfer uh, uh, fee twenty seven million. When I saw that, I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, I knew they'd have to spend something for him because he's twenty years old and they're sending back like a thirty year old Lamella. But I didn't think twenty seven million. That, that just seemed crazy to me. Um, but well, on top they, of they him, must, they, they must think in, of him as as you know a, a solution to both the left and the right wing as depth because. You know, Bur- Burwine just has not ca- caught on. They're losing Lamella, so this is probably like a direct replacement for Lamella. Um, and, you know, they just re-signed Humans onto a long-term deal, which huge for them. And, um, yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know how, how big this signing's going to be for them. I, I want to see this guy play a few games before, you know, I judge him because I, I don't really know anything about him. Yeah, the other player they brought in was uh, Pierluigi Golini, the uh, Italian goalkeeper from Atalanta. Uh, they've loaned him officially. I didn't see anywhere what the transfer fee will eventually be, but I'm assuming they'll buy him at the end of this season. Uh, for, I, I mean, I, I would need to watch a whole lot more of him as well to get um, like an idea about how good he's going to be. Like to be honest, because he plays under he would play under very specific circumstances at Atalanta, which. Honestly, I'm going to spin into a positive here because 
at Atalanta, you know, if even if you're if you're a defender, Tottenham's or if you're just been on the, the phone with Atalanta the entire window. Christian Romero, yeah, and, trying to get him and Romero, yeah. yeah. But but when you play in a system uh, like that, you, you're constantly if you're a defensive player, you're going to be in a disadvantage because you're just going to have players running at you in space. And you're not going to have any sort of cover. You're going to be left out, isolated. And, I'm sh- and Golini would be constantly peppered with shots. And, you know, he's young. He makes mistakes. Uh, he made a pretty high-profile mistake in the Real Madrid game in the first leg um, uh, in, of the Champions League this season when they got knocked out. I think he, he sort of, like, bundled the ball in the box and eventually went out to Mendy, who scored the winner. Um, but he's he's had flashes of, you know, brilliance as well. And I'm no, you know, goalkeeper whisperer, but I think it's... A nice signing for Tottenham. They do need to move on Loris eventually. I don't know if that's going to be this window or I think probably more likely like next window, let Galini settle in for a bit and sort of rotate between the two. But yeah, I, I think they're, they're doing a good job. And we can bring up Alderweireld leaving and uh, we already mentioned Lamella. I think they're doing a good job. The highest priority they have, Tottenham have this window, is to create as much turnaround in their squad as realistically possible without fa- like while facing the little or like the smallest amount of drop off. Because I, I mean, Alderweireld, as good as he still is, even at 32, it, it does feel like just all over the pitch there, like other than players like Kane and Son that you don't want to lose. It feels like they do just need like fl- like fresh blood, just get out like the entire last generation of players. Like Pochettino was even saying it himself going into his last season before he was fired, that there needs to be, even after making the Champions League final, he felt that there needed to be like a major refreshing of the squad. So uh, even if you may not love all of the signings they're making, it kind of feels like now is the time to make them, especially when Mourinho yeah, I, out the I, I sort mean, of win-now I mean, era. You've got people Nuno. are saying that they're probably going to make six to seven signings during this window. And, you know, the, the shades of that transfer window um, after they sold Gareth Bale, where they had, you know, they made seven signings, um, you know, including Christian Eriksen and, and Lamella and that. And that I like Eric Lamella. Yeah. He's the last of those to leave. Um, and yeah, it's just it, it, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to give Nuno, you know, a big transfer kitty, try to get him as many players as they can that he wants. And I'm sure we're going to. So you think they're selling Kane? I don't know. I don't think they're going to sell Kane now. I think they're going to hold on. How are they giving him a big transfer kitty? I I don't see it. I think they're going to give him any money that they have, you know? They they haven't made Champions League two seasons in a row now. Yeah, but they still, they have a lot of uh, revenue. They've had a a brand new stadium that they built that they haven't had fans in for a year. Right, but they have a lot of (laughs) revenue from the United States. They have have a lot of fans in the United States. Um, I I don't think that's a direct contributing factor to their transferability. I think making Champions League is numero uno, <laughs> but uh, and then, you know, fan gate revenue is probably the second biggest one and TV revenue obviously. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, they can definitely make I think a couple more signings, but they're struggling right now even to just be like taken seriously by teams. Like they were rumored with Jules Kunde like couple of weeks back and that just fizzled out and never happened never mind all the managers they interviewed and were in the like Paolo Fonseca was like basically basically hired so was Gennaro Gattuso and then all of a sudden just didn't happen <laughs> let's not forget about Conte as well they, they've had a rough time for so for them to get any sort of momentum in transfers I think even if they're buying guys in sort of like smaller amounts and just trying to bring in sort of younger players with more potential to grow into something better. 
So you don't, they so you don't think they're going to make they're going to make a, like League. a Ben White level signing, like a fifty million signing? Maybe I think they are. Maybe, I think they're going to make. I, at I least haven't one seen of the those. one. I haven't seen the player rumored yet. Because like they they didn't replace Christian Eriksen. They still they need they need a, they need like an attacking midfielder that you know can produce the uh, goals. They need goals from their midfield. Um, and they they need to get some sort of replacement there. I'm sure they're going to spend money to, to to plug some some holes in the midfield. They have a great front line. They're going to probably need another center back now that Alderweireld is leaving. Um, so, you know, it's I, I could see Tottenham spending another 60, 70 million in the transfer window um, and making making a yeah, couple I just more. Yeah, ha- I haven't seen the player yet to convince me. I, I think it'll be like, like three or four players. I don't think you'll see it spent on one player, but. Okay, yeah. then yeah, we're kind of agreeing there. All right, real quick, uh, Crystal Palace just today it was announced that they signed uh, Joaquim Anderson uh, I think from a, uh, Leon. Great signing. I would have center back who played at Fulham last year. I would have taken him uh, on Arsenal. Yeah, you've always been a big fan. Yeah, of his. I mean, I think I honestly think he's that good that I would have I would have taken him on Arsenal. But, um, he's that's one of the few positions now that you're actually probably okay. Yeah, at. we are. Um, he is. Um, I mean, you saw him play for the for the the Danish national team in the Euros. He's he's a great player. For me, he he won Fulham's uh, Player of the Season and by a mile um, was their best player throughout the entire season. He was a consistent um, you know player in that back line, and he's adapted great to the Premier League. I think that it's a it's a great signing for Crystal Palace um, for a decent fee. Um, and a player that's already going to come in Premier League ready because having that last year in the Premier League, you know, if he was coming, he 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 did make you know a couple couple mistakes last season, right? And there were a couple couple times where you thought, oh, you know, he's a little bit green still to the league. But towards the end of the season, I mean, he was he was he was the only reason that you thought you know maybe Fulham were going to be able to stay up and uh, couldn't keep them up. But still, I think he's he's going to be a great signing for Palace and. If they can keep, you know, Zaha and, and Eze can come back, you know, within the next so couple th- of months. So those players, I don't think there's there's any issue with those ones. They, they just have a bunch of others that are out of contract. Right. and They need left, to replace like Townsend, like Townsend and, yeah, and uh, you know, Van Arnholt left today to go to But I think I think this is this is this is a good start right now. You know, getting how do you say that Chelsea player's name? How dare you? The disrespect for Mark Gahey. Gahey. Yes, Gahey and just Anderson. Gay he. Okay. For like Gahey and pointing Anderson. Pointing to a gay man on the yes, street and gay saying he. he gay. Like, okay. reverse that. He, he Gahey. Yeah. Gahey and uh, Anderson could be a, a, a very good center back pairing that you probably, they probably seem to go now get a replacement for Van Aanholt. But, uh, you know, they have Mitchell, who who was looked great last season. So that's a, that's like already three of your or four of your back line. And, you know, you just got to go find a. a, a a, a decent left back there, and I don't know. I think that could be a, a great starting point for Vieira. I think Tyreek Mitchell what is a left back. Oh, uh, then a right back then. Yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely still have holes to fill. So, it, like we said, it's a good start. Good start for them. Um, Everton, also kind of a under-the-radar transfer, but Everton signed Damari Gray, uh, formerly of Leicester City. But uh, to Javier's surprise and delight today was quote, playing at Bayer Leverkusen last season, and they got him for only two million pounds or two million dollars. So uh, next to nothing. He's he's really fallen now. fallen off from like the promising youngster I, okay, that he here's was the thing. a few years ago. I don't ago. think he's fallen off. I don't think he ever got there. 
Like, it was only ever in spurts with him. And it's kind of like my worst nightmare for Callum Hudson-Odoi. <laughs> like, for if, Mark, if Callum Hudson-Odoi doesn't, like, go up a level in, like, this season or the next season, then I have to start being worried about Damari Gray 2.0. Uh, but for now, we have the original Damari Gray. I mean, there's been other players like I, that I, before. I kind of think players like Damari Gray and like Andros Townsend, these are mediocre signings for Everton, as well as bringing in Rafa Benitez. I mean, I don't think he's a bad manager. I just don't think that getting Rafa Benitez, getting Damari Gray and Andros Townsend is going to push this team to Europa or Champions League like like their aspirations are. You know, I think players like Richarlison are going to leave because they're going to realize that they're not going to win or do anything there, you know. So there are two or three good players. I think Yari Mina is another one who, you know, in a year or two, I'm sure he'll get snapped up. Um, and Yeah, but he's getting older now, too. Yeah, but I just, I, Everton, just for me, the, the fact that Ancelotti jumped ship so quickly, you know, I, I think that's going to hurt them a lot. And uh, I think we're going to see them pegged down a bit more. Um, I mean, you even saw it like um, at the end of that season, Everton really just choked and ended up finishing in like 10th place and something, you know, which was pretty bad for them after after having a pretty good season for, for most of the season being in the top seven or eight. So, you know, uh, just uh, for me, I think they're going to be struggling to even get in the top half um, with with these with signings like this and, and with Benitez. I mean, you're just completely ignoring the whole elephant in the room about Rafa Benitez there. Remember... I think it was two seasons ago, maybe three. Remember when they brought in Sam Allardyce for like the second half of the season and the Everton fans were so pissed about how shit the football was and how defensive they were and were they're booing gonna, they're him gonna have by no the end of the season? For Benitez, right. You think that was bad? Benitez plays, his, his teams play like that and he's a club legend at Liverpool. I mean, he's no like Shankly or Paisley, but you won a Champions League 15 years ago there. I, I mean, it was bad at Chelsea when Chelsea uh, hired Rafa Benitez in the second half of the 2012-13 season and won the Europa League with him. He still got booed out of the stadium every single time he had a home game there because Chelsea fans just despised him. You think Everton fans are going to be any more welcoming? No. And that's before you even consider the fact that the football is going to be turgid like it was at Newcastle which is obviously the most recent job he did. And he did a good job there for Newcastle. But Everton coming off Ancelotti and making signings like James Rodriguez and Alan from Napoli and seeming like they were trying to push in the right direction before moving into this new, this big new stadium project they've got in development right now and trying to get into the Champions League conversation uh, along with like Tottenham. This just feels like a step back, maybe even two. So, yeah, I agree. It's it's not looking good for them so far, uh, just based off these transfers. Uh, but we, we teased a little bit earlier some of the big sides not really making any transfers yet. We got a first uh, sign of light from Chelsea this week as a bunch of heavy rumors started circulating that uh, Chelsea and Sevilla are negotiating a swap deal that would include Jules Kunde. One French centre-back for another, Kurt Zuma, going to Sevilla. Uh, I love Kurt Zuma. If I had it my way, he'd be like a superstar backup for Chelsea for the rest of his career. But he's 26. He's in the prime of his career as a centre-back now. He's coming off a season where he just scored five or six goals. He was one of our high, I think five. He had a bunch of goals in the first half of the season. 
Um, he's one of our highest scorers in the league. I think it's it's time that he you know make that step up for his career, and I'm happy to see him moving to at least another Champions League club like Sevilla, and he could be a have a huge like amount of success there if he wants. And I'm I'm happy to see rumors that Kunde might be coming to Chelsea because he, he's precisely the kind of player that you need if, if you want a bunch of players who are positionally fr- uh, flexible. So. He can play anywhere across a back three in Tuchel's system. He can play at left back or right back in a back four. I saw him play those positions plenty of times for Sevilla last season. Uh, he Maybe even in a pinch, if you're playing a super defensive formation against a, like a big team in the Champions League, you can maybe even play him out at wing back and he can do a job out there. So if this transfer comes off for whatever amount of money that Chelsea would have to send with Zuma to get him, I think it's a really good move for our defense. But, you know, same same thing as last week. Still got to find a striker. It's No matter what transfers Chelsea make, whether it's Declan Rice in the coming weeks or this Kunde transfer, the next question will always be, what are we doing about our striking options? Because one of them, Abraham, seems like he's going out the door soon. And the other one, Timo Werner, hasn't scored enough. And the and the other ones are you know ten, ten, I nineteen think, years old. Abraham still have three or four years left on a deal. Like I don't think I don't think he's got one year. Oh, he's got one year. Okay, maybe maybe one year. Yeah, you're not going to get forty million for him like you guys are asking. Then you're going to have to lower that price. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I think it's a good move for Chelsea. I, I also think because he's young, right? Isn't Kunde only like 22, 23 years old? Yeah, twenty three. So I think. Uh, it's, it's it's you know I think you're getting a slight upgrade. Um, which for Chelsea, uh, and you're getting a different player maybe than to the to the caliber to the other types of center backs that you have. Um, which, like you said, you know, having that flexibility and having that, you know, a player who's been already playing for a while uh, on the Sevilla team. You know, he's he's already has some Champions League experience. It might take him half a season to adapt, but I could see him starting for Chelsea in the second half of the season, you know, getting substitute appearances, maybe cup appearances to start, and then we'll see a lot more of him probably in the second half of the season. But Do you want to yeah, know how good, good he good, is? Good, good, good signing for Chelsea for sure. Unless people, uh, if people don't remember, Manchester City were, I think, a couple of million off of Sevilla's asking price for him last year. And if they don't sign if they sign him then they don't move on and go get Ruben Dias instead. So, you know, he he's, he was in the sort of conversation that of the kind of center back that City were looking to sign there. And actually the player I would liken him to most that I think he'll end up replacing in in our squad would be Aspilicueta. He's not the biggest guy, he's like 5'10". So, for a center back, especially in like a back four, he can still play at center back in a back four, but he's probably more tailor made to be that like right center back sort of role that Aspilicueta plays right now. And yeah, I mean, squad depth is going to be great. I can't wait to see him. He scored some great goals too. He scored a great solo goal against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey last year. Uh, so yeah, he's he's an exciting one for sure. The other rumors I've seen, and I think you've even sent me these, so I'm, I'm not crazy for bringing this up, but there's been rumors of uh, Jack Grealish leaving City. Like it's close to be, or sorry, there's rumors I, 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 of Jack I, I Grealish kind of going Apparently to they're City. doing a, an initial bid of 75 million, which that would mean that they're really, they mean business. If like they're opening bid of 75, yeah. you kind of feel like, they're gonna they're gonna be close enough where it's probably gonna be like seventy five or eighty plus ten or fifteen in like add ons and Villa are gonna have to do that because 
Villa aren't going to be winning trophies. You know, while they they have made great improvements to their side, like you can't really. They see don't them. have to do anything. They've got him for another like three years. He signed a five year deal two years yeah, ago. They don't have to do anything. But and they and he loves them. He wouldn't he wouldn't force his way out. I don't think he would out, force his think. way out either. But I think that if the money is enough and they do have they did get Buendia, so you got to think like okay, it's not like they would immediately yeah, it, lose a lot of. Um, they would. They absolutely they, would. They, I'm sure they'd because go Buendia and make another signing. Proven, I'm sure they'd go and make another. He's not signing, a proven but, Premier League star like Grealish is now. Uh, the the one I'm going to bring up next is the possibility of Leon Bailey from uh, Bayer Leverkusen moving to Aston Villa, but surely that would be as like a replacement for Grealish if he does leave. So. Yeah, that, and and if you get Buendia and Grealish to replace him, then I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying no, Buendia and Buendia and, and Bailey. Buendia and Bailey to replace Grealish. Then yeah, you probably don't lose that much. I mean, I'm sure you lose something, but you 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 lose a lot. I think in terms of the goals and assists. Because but for Jack Grealish, we, like it's the type of move we've, he we've needs. We've profiled you know? how that that uh, Bundesliga to Premier League jump for some attackers can be. It's not automatic. I'm not. I'm, I'm just not convinced. Like I think Leon Bailey is a good player. We've seen him play pretty well for Jamaica when he's been healthy at the Gold Cup. But I, I'm not 100% bought in that he's going to contribute to let's say like 10 goals in the league his first season. It might be like kind of a rocky start at first, and then he sort of warms his way up into playing well. And Buendia is still like a championship proven player only, really. I like him a lot, but in terms of like players that are actually going to score and assist and like be a major contributor to goals right away for Villa, I I think it kind of sees them in sort of like a transitional season if they do lose Grealish. And they, I I think they still end up mid-table, but... I mean, well, it's in- it'll be interesting to see who else they sign, because if they did get that big influx of cash, like something like 75 plus million, like you mentioned, then that would the deals like that, like Bailey would just be the start of it. it would, they would go out and get other players for sure. So, but Grealish going to, I know this is, this is a heavy rumor, just like the Kunde one, just like the Bailey one, but Grealish going to City, where does he fit in there? Does he start right away for them? Is he just an impact sub player like he is for England? I mean, I'm sure he'll have to he'll have to break his way into the team, but I mean, you you know, with Pep, he's going to still play him a lot, and they play so many competitions, they've got so many games, they get injuries. You know, he'll he'll I'm sure he'll play him at left wing sometimes. He'll play him at right wing. He'll play him, you know, when De Bruyne needs a rest. He'll play him when De Bruyne, you know, he'll play him off the bench Ugh. for De Bruyne. He'll bring De Bruyne on for him. Yeah, the, the answer is he's just gonna play. Him he's everywhere. gonna play him everywhere. <laughs> you know, you know what 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 Pep's gonna do, and he's gonna. I'm sure he'll make him a better player. So, um, you know, it's it's. But like, what what do you think? Like Mar, I mean, I know Maris doesn't really same play in the same areas as Grealish, but. Just in terms of like overall like number of players for a certain position, I think Bernardo Silva would be the one who who Bernardo who, Silva who, who leaves, would yes, leave. But, yeah, but even if he left, if you're Mares, Sterling, Ferran Torres, Phil Foden even gets played out in the wings a lot. I'm sure I'm missing one or two, but if you're any of those players, what are you like? What are you thinking? Or maybe if you're Foden, maybe he's thinking without like if they don't get the striker this year, then he has a season of Foden playing false. I mean, nine I think I think if you're those players, you're happy that you're getting one of the best players in the league. I mean, like I don't I don't see how yeah, you're the cameras. I don't I don't I don't think you're like thinking. Oh, Jack no, Grealish is used to being the best player on a team of guys that are sort of leaning on him. 
Like, it's a very different role for him. He gets force-fed the ball at Villas, like, so much. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. He's worthy of that sort of Yeah, he's the, uh, usage, he's the but... 2017 Alexis Sanchez to uh, Aston Villa. No, no, no. He's the uh, the 2017 Eden Hazard, the player who won the league that year, Javier. Remember that? I'll kill you, Alex. He also plays way more like Eden Hazard than he does like Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> uh, all right, well... Do you want to give Daniel Malin a mention? Uh, I mean, that, I just threw yeah, that in there because it's like the it. biggest I transfer mean, elsewhere. Watch him just become a god, and he'll he'll be our Romelu Lukaku, Alex. Well, okay, Ex- I should make some details. Daniel Malin, uh, you may have seen him play for the Ducks at uh, the Euros last month, uh, just before their demise. But uh, he's a striker slash winger who was playing for P- PSV for the last couple of seasons, and he's moved to Borussia Dortmund for $33 million, presumably as Jadon Sancho's replacement. Not a bad replacement, if you ask me. He's sort of the modern forward who can play as a striker or anywhere across the front line, left or right wing. Uh, kind of like a Mane type, I think, but I can play, I compare a lot of hardworking off-the-ball players who play up front uh, to Mane these days, so... Uh, yeah, that's a nice signing for them. I, I, th- I think he could produce a lot of what uh, Sancho did for them, but I think he's a bit more direct, which may favor playing with someone like Holland a bit more. But I mean, what do you know about him? No, oh, yeah, he's just really fast. He's a good finisher. He uh, he's powerful. You know, it seems to be like the the perfect type of replacement for for Sancho. And while Sancho was good, you could see that even without him. I mean, they have so much creativity um, in players like Guerrero no, but, and Brandt. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to stand up for Sancho for a second here because uh, Dortmund played their best last season when Sancho came like back into form and recovered from his injury in the second half of the season. Like They don't get to the Champions League quarterfinal. They probably may even have won the Champions League quarterfinal against City if Sancho was healthy for that. Yeah, but I just I trust but, Dortmund so much to 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 have a plan for replacing yeah, him. Sure. And when they when it comes to signing young players yeah, that been, are probably yeah, going to be good they've, right they've away. Been, they've been so good Dortmund's at that. Exactly. Bet. They've been so good at that that I I'm sure that the Malin's not going to be the only replacement for Sancho. They're probably looking at uh, replacing Holland too, you know, not this year, but probably next year and looking forward to getting Malin for that as well. So I'm sure they've got a couple of people lined up that they're ready to bring in. I, I don't I don't doubt them at all. Um, but that we should wrap things up there. It's because uh, it's a down week. We were already hit close to 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. We're starting <laughs> so. to go into a spiral here. Like a spiral. Uh, Javier, give your give me your Miguel Aziz faults or, or thoughts. Let's go right now. Ah, <laughs> another, Aziz, another Aziz is going to break into the team. He's going to be a god next season. Arsenal are going to be the gods. We're yeah, breaking they, into the top spent, four. We're going to finish above Chelsea. Suck my dick. Sambia Congo or whatever or Lukonga. Ah, yeah, Lukonga god. He's the new uh, Ingolo. Okay, sure. Well, that's where we end things. Uh, Javier, thank you for jumping on uh, this uh, this late at night after a long, hard day of work. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Ghost Call Podcast. You can follow us on social media, at JavierRev9 for Javier's Twitter account, at ASMOS92 for my Twitter and Instagram, and at GhostGoalPod for the podcast socials. And until next time, see you.